Hello, welcome to the Quippers International podcast, short version. We're still in the book of Hebrews in chapter 6. We're trying to get through these first couple of verses, but they are packed full with some really important truth, and we're spending some extended time here before we move on. We're going to have another episode today on the resurrection of the dead. In the last couple of episodes, we've been talking about the resurrection of the dead, and I've stressed how this truth is perhaps the most essential truth to our faith. Paul says, without the reality of the resurrection, our faith is actually in vain and it's worthless. So this is because everything that we hope for and believe in is connected to the fact that Jesus rose from the dead, that he conquered the power of death over humanity, and he offers those who believe in him eternal life, whereby they will be raised from the dead in his likeness. So this is the end game, so to speak. It's what the Christian lives for and hopes in. We're going to see in detail in just a minute that this is why the Lord gives us His Spirit as a pledge. Our participation now in the life of the Spirit of God in us is a guarantee that there's something better to come in the future. It is, just as the old hymn says, a foretaste of glory divine. So there really is a lot more to come for those who believe, and this is why we live now with a great hope and expectation. We have confidence in this truth, and we persevere in this life now, knowing that we'll inherit the full promise in the future. So I believe strongly that Christians must live in the reality of this hope, and it should be the focus of our message to a lost world. Paul simply puts it this way in 1 Corinthians 15, 19, If we have hoped in Christ in this life only, we are of all men most to be pitied. What's he saying? He's saying that while, yes, we hope in Christ now for a better quality of life here, that's not the only reason why we hope in Christ. We also hope in him for the reality of what is to come after this life. He is hope eternal. So in today's episode, I want to spend a little more time on the nature of the resurrection. And then in tomorrow's episode, we'll start our discussion about eternal judgment. As I've already said, we'll not answer all the questions about the resurrection of the dead, but I do think it's important for us to establish a firm understanding of this foundational truth. So I want to say it again. Let's not forget that even Paul admits that the whole process of the resurrection is actually a mystery. It is a powerful and profound truth, but it doesn't mean that we can dissect it perfectly and have it all figured out. So we should never be afraid of mystery when it comes to the workings of God. So I want to read two passages in Paul today and make a few comments. They're pretty lengthy passages, but it's always good to read the scripture. So let's jump right in. 1 Corinthians 15, 50 through 58. Paul says, Now I say this, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we'll all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For this perishable must put on imperishable, and this mortal must put on immortality. But when this perishable 
will have put on the imperishable and this mortal will have put on immortality, then will come about the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. Now, I want to point out a couple of things in this passage. First, Paul stresses the importance of the difference between perishable and imperishable mortal and immortal. He's saying that our resurrected body will be imperishable and immortal. We spoke about this in the first episode on the resurrection. He goes on to say that we will not all sleep, but that will all be changed. He's saying that not everyone will die. It's just like we saw in the previous episode where in 1 Thessalonians 4, he said that the dead in Christ will be raised and then those who remain who have not died will be caught up with them. But all this is a mystery and it will happen in a twinkling of an eye. So the main point for Paul is that this body we have now must put on imperishable. It must put on immortality. This is the pressing point for Paul. An imperishable and immortal body is necessary for us to fully inherit the kingdom of God, to be able to dwell in eternity with God. The last point that I want to make, and it's very important, is that when we put on the imperishable, then and only then will the saying Death is swallowed up in victory. Death, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? Only then will this saying become a reality. In the meantime, in this life, death does have a sting. If you've ever lost a loved one, you understand that death is real and it has a sting. However, for the believer at the resurrection, we will see clearly that death has no victory and death actually has no sting. And this will be a glorious day for sure. The second passage I want to read is in 2 Corinthians 5, 1 through 10. One of my favorite passages when it comes to the resurrection. Paul says, For we know that if the earthly tent which is our house, is torn down. We have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For indeed, in this house we groan, longing to be clothed with our dwelling from heaven, inasmuch as we, having put it on, will not be found naked. For indeed, while we are in this tent, we groan, being burdened because we do not want to be unclothed, but to be clothed, so that what is mortal will be swallowed up by life. Now he who prepared us for this very purpose is God, who gave to us the Spirit as a pledge. Therefore, being always of good courage and knowing that while we are at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith and not by sight. We are of good courage, I say, and prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be at home with the Lord. Therefore, we also have as our ambition, whether at home or absent, to be pleasing to Him. 
For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Now, this is a beautiful passage where Paul explains clearly that there are two realities for the believer. One is the reality of an earthly body, which he calls a tent. The word stresses something that is temporary. I'm not sure about you, but our family has done a lot of camping over the years. And if you've done any camping, you know the challenge of the tent. It is always fragile and challenging when it comes to rain and wind. It is sometimes even comical, this challenge of the tent when you camp. And this is the imagery that Paul is communicating. However, Paul says that we know that we have a building from God, a house not made with hands. He's saying that we have a much more permanent and secure structure that's waiting for us. This is the promise of the resurrection. And the reality is that while we are in this tent, we groan and we desire to be in that better condition. We want to be clothed with this building from God. He is the one who has actually prepared us for this very purpose, and he gives us the Spirit as a pledge that it will happen. Then Paul points out this simple fact. While we're at home in this body, we're absent from the Lord. This is where our life of faith comes in. We're not fully with the Lord as long as we're in this earthly body. So we walk by faith and not by sight. So Paul says that he would rather be absent from the body and to be at home with the Lord in his new dwelling. Paul does not say to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. There is a big difference. He simply says that he would rather be absent from this body so that he can be at home with the Lord. He knows that while he's still in this body, there is something yet remaining that is better. And this is where we have to accept the mystery part. We don't know how it's all going to go down, but we just have to trust and believe that what God says is true, and it is going to happen, and it will be good. And I can assure you, however it happens, it is going to be amazing. So be strong and courageous and love Jesus more.